Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. And Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast, today featuring the FIAAA Insider. Our guest today is Bob Bruglio. Bob is the athletic director at Port Charlotte High School uh, on the Gulf Coast of Florida, Port Charlotte. Uh, Bob, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, uh, had a chance to, you know, visit your school a couple of times, uh, really like some of the things I see. Uh, so uh, we're happy to have you on board. Well, I appreciate it. Well, as you know, the uh, life of an AD is very busy. So we're going to jump right into it. Uh, we always okay. like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you were born, where you went to school and college, and maybe how your love of sports led to a career in uh, athletics. Well, um, I was born right here in uh, Charlotte County, uh, born in Punta Gorda, um, and have lived here basically my whole life. I left for college and uh, to go to school and at what it was then, University of Southwest Louisiana. Right now, it's University of Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Um, so I spent some time there. Um, but other than that, I've, I've been here my whole life. Um, Growing up was, you know, it was a very small town here back then, during that time. We, a lot of the roads that people are on now were grass roads. The, the school that I'm sitting in right now was in the middle of the boondocks. Uh, there was, there was nothing here when, when I was growing up. Um, so, you know, it, the, the love of sports that I got, it, it came from my parents. Both my parents were athletes growing up. Um, my mom played basketball. My dad was a football player and baseball player. And uh, it just kind of, their love of, of athletics kind of bled onto me. And um, uh, from as long back as I can remember, I've always, whatever season it was, that's what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough that my parents supported everything I did. And they, Matter of fact, until I actually moved to Louisiana to play for a couple of years, they never missed a single game. So, um, so I was very fortunate, very lucky to have such supportive parents with that. Talk a little bit about uh, your college days uh, and, and leading into those first teaching jobs. Uh, how did that all play out? Well, I um, never thought I was going to be a teacher, that's for sure. That was never my guess. Um, 
there was a, a gentleman who was a principal at the other school um, here in Charlotte County at Charlotte High at the time that they put on, uh, they would always do the Special Olympics. And he used to always tell me, he says, you're going to be a teacher. And I said, Mr. J, there is no way I'm going to be a teacher. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on. First of all, I'm going to be a professional baseball player, so I'm not going to deal with that. Um, but lo and behold, um, I came back from college and started working as an electrician because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I started to work for MetLife. And, and he saw me one day and he said, what are you doing? And I told him, he said, are you happy? I said, no, not really. It's not my thing. I'm not a salesman. And he said, be in my office tomorrow. And I don't know how he did it, but he pulled up all my transcripts and told me, you've got your degree. This is what you have to do to get your teaching, teaching certificate. He said, I know you're not real happy in the job you are. So I want you to come to Charlotte High School and work for me every single day. I'll pay you. I don't care if you, even if you sit in my office. And uh, that started that. That's, that's where we went from there. And uh, um, you know, I got into the coaching because that was that was my love. Obviously, it was the sports. And uh, my first year teaching, I think I was. Um, well, my interview with the principal was I walked in and he said, uh, "Okay, you got the job. What are you going to do for Charlotte High School?" Um, and I said, uh, "Well, I'm 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 planning on coaching football and baseball." He said, "That's fantastic. That's awesome. What else are you going to do?" I said, uh, well, I, I, I don't know. And he said, uh, and the athletic director, Wally Keller, was sitting there. And he says, Wally, what else do we have? And he said, well, he said, I need a soccer coach. And if you see me, I'm kind of a larger guy. And I said, uh, yeah, soccer's kind of not my thing. That's kind of cross country with a ball. I said, heck, I, I'd rather do be a swim coach or something. And he looked down and said, check, you're a swim coach. Uh, <laughs> So I was the strength and uh, conditioning coordinator for our, our swim team. Um, and he said, what else you got? So I ended up being a freshman class advisor. Um, I did the varsity club. It seemed like the first couple of years that it was just crazy. It was great because it kept me busy and got me really involved with the schools. Um, so that's kind of how I got into the school system and, and coaching. And of course it, I coached football and baseball mainly, and then it just became baseball. I ended up doing that for 22 years. Um, ended up coming back to my alma mater and uh, started teaching here and ended up being the head baseball coach here. Uh, did that for 10 years. Took some time, coached football a little bit as an assistant coach, and our athletic, athletic director at the time, James Vernon, uh, had received a, an assistant principal's position. And so they wrote me into becoming an athletic director. Um, so, and it's been, to me, it's been the greatest job that I've, I've had. It's, it's got its ups and downs, but I look forward to waking up every morning and getting to work in a field that has been my life. So, um, so I, I, I have those good days and I have the bad days, but uh, it's somehow, somehow at the end of the day, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. That's such a great, great story. And again, I'm a few years older than you. Uh, I got my start in, in public schools. And so I remember those days. And then the last, you know, really 25 have been in private schools. But 
what you just described, uh, you know, cobbling together those positions, that's how they used to do it back in the day in public yes. schools, very seldom seen anymore. And that's very much still a model kind of in, in certain private schools, you know, okay, mm -hmm. well, what else can you do? And right. creating that position, what a great, uh, uh, great experience that must have been. Um, that takes us into our next uh, discussion point, you know, this idea of uh, mentors, you know, who had uh -huh. an influence on you? And I think you probably already named a couple, but we can well, hear them again. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, obviously, my parents, um, you know, they, they instilled the hard work and, you know, and just the focus of, you know, don't do the job unless you're gonna, unless you're gonna want to do it the best you can. Um, and then, of course, Wally Keller was the athletic director at Charlotte High at the time. Um, I ended up, I had to go to Port Charlotte High School, uh, which is where I'm at now, and it's my alma mater, and I'm glad that I'm here. Um, but in high school, they had opened this brand new school, uh, and basically, if you lived on one side of the river, that's where you were going. And we came in as freshmen and sophomores. We didn't have a junior and senior class, so I came in as a sophomore. Um, so I was the first class in this school and the first class to graduate from this school. But Wally Keller, even he used to be the basketball coach and I'd go to his basketball camps and he really just looking at him and listening to everything he said and the way he treated kids, it was like, that's who I wanted to be and, and made me want to be a better person. And then when I saw him become the athletic director and all the things that he did, um, to this day, I still try to uh, pick his brain for everything that I can um, to get him that because our school is um, a lower economic school. Um, we, we have, you know, we don't have the best of everything and we work real hard for it. And, um, you know, it's our, our kids are still always competing with the bigger, a uh, little bit more financially stable schools. And that makes me really proud. And, and, and I know Wally, that's the way it was when he started. And so, um, he gives me a lot of, he, he gives me a lot of really good advice with that. Uh, Mr. Jorgensen, obviously the principal that was there that got me into teaching. Um, you know, I appreciate him so much for everything that he did and standing behind me and, you know, knowing when I was a 16 year old kid, what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Um, and then of course, Mr. Long, um, our, our principal's father our principal here at the school right now, his father was a very, very big influence. He was another guy that very strict, very stuck to his rules, um, but he was that guy that knew every single student. He, you know, he couldn't go anywhere and not say, hey, Johnny, how are you doing? Hey, you know, Eloise, whatever the name was, he knew every single student and um, you could tell he really cared about his students. So. Those are people that really kind of that I look back on and say, man, I, I hope that I'm half the educator or half the coach or half the person that they are when I'm done. And uh, so it's, it's still nice because I get to see them every once in a while. But uh, yeah, they were definitely a big part of why I'm, why I'm who I am today. Yeah, it's always great to hear those stories. And I, I think Wally was uh, an FIAAA president uh, back yes. in the day, too. Yes, sir. Um, is that I got to ask? Is any um, uh, good-natured uh, ribbing uh, as far as the rival Port Charlotte versus Charlotte High School? Since you've got uh, you know blood Every on day. both campuses. Every day. <laughs> Every day, it's a, it's an ongoing thing. I'm, I'm I'm very 
very good friends with their athletic director now, Brian Nolan. Uh, we've known each other for over 30 years. Um, so, um, you know, there, it's it's funny, people in the community, you know, can't understand how we're friends. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we we understand it. You know, we, we, we're, we understand what each school goes through. We understand what each kids go through. Um, you know, they'll never want to see us win. We'll never want to see them win. But but truly deep down inside, when they're successful, we're happy about that. He's the first one to call and congratulate. Um, I'm the first one to call him, hopefully, and congratulate him on their successes because we know what it's like behind that closed door and sitting behind the desk uh, of how much work and effort goes into it. And, you know, it's the biggest thing is, is, you, you know, we as ex-coaches know how much time and effort that our coaches put into their program and and a lot of people I don't think realize that and see that that and and for basically no money you know they do it for the love of the sport and the love of the kids so um it's it's hard to you know you have the rivalry of course you want to win uh I got everything going here phone's ringing everywhere but um typical day for an AD yes (laughs) so um so yeah, I mean, yeah, is is there the ribbon every single day? Um, we played them last night in girls basketball. They have a just unbelievably talented girls basketball program. Uh, they beat us pretty good. Um, I have not received a phone call this morning yet, but I think I'm going to call him just to, all right, let me have it type deal. Um, and then we play their boys basketball team tonight again. Very, 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 very. Uh, talented team and uh so it, it, it'll be it'll be a, another good game uh tonight so we'll hopefully we can come out on top but you know either way I know it'll be well played so no and again that's part of I think the great part of our jobs is those relationships you know with our own coaches as well as with the coaches mm-hmm. and ADs at other schools sure. I had a chance to to visit uh with Brian on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh you know he also talked about that rivalry yeah uh, Bob, one of the things that we like to do uh, on the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. Now, you know, you've been at Port Charlotte for a number of years, and you've certainly seen uh, a, a lot of good programs. Um, go ahead. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Um, you know, what's a program or what's uh, an initiative maybe that uh, you have at Port Charlotte? Uh, maybe it's something that you created. Uh, that you're particularly proud of, that you can look at um, humbly, but with great pride and say, you know, we do this better than anybody in the state, you know, uh, share a couple of best practices. Well, you know, I, I, I think we've, we've gathered a group of coaches um, that, again, are very humble and work amazingly hard for these kids and their programs. Um, and, you know, and at times probably sacrifice a lot of their own family lives and everything else to be here with these kids, just to see the success for these kids and, and how hard they work, uh, to try to get them to the next level. Um, you know, our football coach that we have, uh, is a young man. Uh, we hired him as a 22 year old, uh, to come in to a program that, you know, it was an average of two and eight every single year. Uh, he's come in his first year, he went seven and three. The next year he won the first district championship ever at our school for football. Um, if we have a seven and three season, he's, you know, it's a terrible season for him. Um, but, 
the things that he's done um, have been amazing. Uh, again, I talked about us being a little bit lower economic. Um, you know, he noticed that a lot of our kids nutrition wise were, were not getting what they needed. Um, so he is actually, our school is actually in his program has become a food bank. Um, so we, we actually feed these kids. He's, his office is filled with protein boxes and peanut butter and jelly and bread and everything else. And um, he's actually got a program that, you know, that I'm, I'm amazingly proud of. And I can't say that I did it, but um, it's something he's come up with. We have a sponsor, a player. Um, so he's reached out to the community and basically we have community members sponsoring our players because a lot of our kids, the only food that they're getting is here when they're here at school. A lot of times when they're going home, um, some of these kids are, you know, are, are not having that, that good, well-placed dinner and things like that. So with these sponsors, um, they're actually making sure that these kids are getting fed. And that's, that's bled off onto a lot of our other programs as far as the way things go there. Um, but all I can just talk about is, is just how proud I am of these guys and what, and, and ladies that coach here and, and what they've done. Um, you know, they've, they've kind of turned our school around. It used to be known as the academic school. Um, and now I'm proud to say that, you know, not only are we still a very, very good academic school, but athletically, we're starting to be able to keep compete with that school across the river. Uh, we always wanted a rivalry, but, you know, it's kind of hard to have a rivalry when you've played 35 years and you've only beat them four or five times. And, and uh, so, you know, it's, it, it was one of those deals. Now we, now we can actually call ourselves a rival and uh, those games mean something now and stuff. So, you know, it, as far as best practices, I don't know. I just, I believe in my coaches and support them the best that I can. Um, you know, I, I try to get out there as much as I can with them. I try to hear what they're saying and, and try to try to help them out in any way I possibly can. Maybe not financially through our school, but you know, maybe supportive wise or getting other people there to be able to support them and things like that. So I think that's the biggest thing that I'm proud of here is just how well we work together as a group and a unit. It's kind of like a family as a coaching group here. Oh, I'm glad you use that term family. Uh, I mean, it's that because that's what it is. That's what it has to be to be successful, a team, a family. You got to be on the same page. Uh, let me again, I'll, I'll put you on the spot here. Uh, we're very blessed at uh, the McClay School uh, where almost every single one of our varsity head coaches teaches or works on campus. And they're in charge of that entire program, varsity, JV, even down into middle school. Um, how supportive are your, is your administration at you know, bringing in that, uh, I hate to say it, old school teacher right. coach uh, to build those relationships during the day in the lunchroom, in the hallways, in the classroom? Uh, how, how able are you to do that? Well, I'll tell you what, um, it, it's, it's really improved a lot over the last, I would probably say six, seven years. Um, we're right now, we're at almost about 80% of our coaches are alumni. That's fantastic. Um, you know, our alumni of our school. So of course that brings the pride back in that brings some of, it brings a little meaning to it. Um, I would say probably about 75% of our teach our, our coaches are teachers. Also, we do have, in some of our sports like soccer and things like that, they are, uh, they are uh, off campus uh, individuals that come in, come from the community and come over and help. But 
our major sports, uh, we, 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 they're all on campus. Um, so, you know, as far as the administration goes, and I ask them all the time, hey, I need, I need help in this area, I need help in that area. And they do what they can, but I also understand too that, you know, and like I tell the coaches and I tell the kids, education comes first and we'll do what we can do. And uh, so our community support has is, is, is definitely gotten a lot better. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's been positive. I, I, our, my administration is always supportive and, and definitely has my back all the time, which, which I can't ask for anymore. Oh, again, that's another piece of that puzzle is you know, having that administrative support. That's great to hear. And again, the alumni connection, you know, I, I love to have alums come back and want mm -hmm. to get involved in the program. And you yes, know, again, you mentioned it but for the teacher coach. Uh, I always remind them, hey, you, you better be knocking it out of the park in the classroom, because uh, if you're not, <laughs> you're not going to be on the field or the, the courts coaching. Yep. Bob, um, it's again for our listeners we're recording this on uh, January 29th 2021 uh, it's going to air uh, later in March uh, we've been asking our athletic directors around the country uh, about how their school how their state has responded to COVID and um, again we've had a lot of Florida guests so uh, our regular listeners know that uh, you know we got uh, a late start for Florida we started about a month late but we pretty much progressed through our seasons uh, now we're, you know, getting ready to wrap up winter and uh, start spring sports, but go ahead and share. Um, what was the process? How did it play out? Uh, not just return to play, but return to school for Charlotte County and for, you know, Port Charlotte High School. Tell our listeners what's going on. Well, I, you know, I, I think we were just blessed amazingly by our, by our district. Um, we only have three high schools in our district. So, um, our assistant superintendent, who's kind of like the county athletic director, also is one of his uh, one of his duties. Um, he got he got myself, Brian Nolan, and Ryan Lavalley, all three ads together, basically the whole summer, and we sat down together with the CDC and the health department and their recommendations, and kind of came up with our COVID policies and how we would work through things, and allowed us to. They helped us financially get all the um, the hand sanitizers and masks and and wipes and and everything else to make sure that we were prepared. Um, so, you know, where some of these other districts and 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 counties that have multiple schools, 20, 30, 40 schools, um, you know, I, I talked to a lot of their ads and they were waiting for their county ADs to come up with what they were gonna do and then hand it back to them where, you know, we felt so fortunate because we were part of that process. We were part of the talking, you know, and, and they knew because we were in the school every day and we see what's going on. And obviously, um, you know, my school is gonna be a little bit different than, than the other two schools. And um, so they allowed us to be flexible with that and the CDC was great because they gave us recommendations. We came back with questions on things that, hey, can we do things in this certain way? And they would look at it and say, you know, no, we really need you to keep it here. Or yes, we understand where you're going. And as long as you're doing it this way, that's great. Um, so, you know, our, our path here, I think, was, was, was very good. And I think, you know, looking through, and I can speak for our school, um, you know, we've, we've been We've, we've been seriously blessed as far as the way our teams have been able to play. 
during the fall, we had no shutdowns with any of our teams. Okay, that's great. Um, you know, during those, this, this winter here, we've had uh, one team get shut down for 10 days and, and it wasn't because of any tracking. It was just to be careful. It was over Christmas break. We said, let's go ahead and let's shut you down for 10 days over the Christmas break. You really don't have anything going on anyways, but let's just do it to be safe. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very proud in our kids and our coaches, um, even at school, you walk around, very few kids do you see that don't have their masks all the way up. And, you know, it's, it's become part of the, part of the culture and, and everybody just goes through and does it and they know what they're supposed to do. And, you know, we remind them every once in a while, but other than that, I, 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 you know, I, I say it's, it's been like every other day, just with a couple hoops, you got to jump through. So. Well, I think you mentioned it. One of the keys was probably being proactive from the mm -hmm. very beginning. And that's, that's, I think, a great lesson for all of us. Was there ever uh, an oh no moment, uh, either, you know, practicing or parents or fans or anything, um, uh, anything that you look back that you, know, you might have done differently? Sounds like it was pretty successful. I, I think it's been pretty successful, but I think every single day you you kind of look and go, oh, no, um, because you're not sure. And and you know as well as I do that, you know, this is a, this is a, this changes every, I don't even want to say every hour, it's every minute, every second, uh, you know, something changes. And, and, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is, is being able to be flexible with this and understanding it and, you know, don't fight the system because you're not going to win. So, and that's kind of the mentality that we all took with this. And Dr. Disjardins, our assistant superintendent, um, you know, relied on a lot on us, which, you know, makes you feel good because he, he, he believes in you as a person and he believed in our, in what we do every day and knows, Hey, you know, I'm sitting at the district office. You're there in the trenches every day with these people, you know, what you can and can't accomplish. And so he kind of let us bring all these things to him and then he would present it to the CDC and the health department. And, you know, I, I, I like I said, I know from my school um, and I've talked to the other two, two ADs basically daily and they seem to be very successful what's going on too. And you hear in different districts, you know, there's a lot of shutdowns, there's a lot of restrictions and, and um, you know, so I, I, I agree. I think it's working and I think it's all because we are proactive and uh, our, our administration as far as the district office really allowed us to be a part of that process and, 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 you know, kind of bring our concerns because, you know, we just, we had just as many concerns and worries as everybody else. So. Sounds like a uh, success plan for the rest of the state. Um, as uh, FIAAA president, I'm going to uh, challenge you to turn that into a workshop next year for our state conference. <laughs> <laughs> um Moving on, um, another question we've been asking our athletic directors um, revolves around this, um, this idea of social awareness, uh, social justice, if you will. And uh, you know, my question is this, uh, what are some things, and you may already be doing some of these things, but what are some things that you feel that athletic directors can do a better job of in this area of, of social awareness you know, with our kids, with our communities? Um, you know, like we had said before, it's an ever-changing monster that we've got going on here. It's constantly changing. I think the biggest thing is, is um, one, to try to stay up to date with everything that we possibly can. 
um, you know, provide as much information. I think the communication is the biggest thing, not only with our coaches, but with our athletes and communicate with our parents just as much because, you know, these parents really have to trust these coaches and us as a school sending their children here every day that to realize that we're, we're doing everything we can to protect their children too. So I think, you know, that's the biggest part here is the communication part of it with the parents. Um, we try to send out um, anytime there's updates or any changes. I know our, our administration is very good of doing all calls to everybody, um, to doing um, social media. Um, our, you know, we've got Twitter accounts now. We've got all this thing, trying to get all this information out. Um, but to me, I think that's the biggest thing with it is, is, you know, making sure your coaches feel comfortable with everything and uh, try to support them. And because, you know, when you have it in the in the winter or in the fall season and it's 98 degrees out here in the state of Florida and your coaches are running around the football field with a mask on and, you know, they're they're sweating, they're getting overheated. You're asking your kids that when you're not in, you're not in the play that you're pulling your mask up and, you know, and and to, to have your coaches support that idea and make sure that that goes to the kids because they understand that, you know, this isn't about us at this point. It's, it's, it's about making sure that these kids, these student athletes have the ability and have the chance to continue their season. Last year, you know, I felt so bad for spring sports. Um, you know, they just get started and then it gets all shut down. And that was our goal this year was, Let's don't be that school. Let's make sure that our kids, and I try to tell that to parents, you know, when parents come in, they don't want to wear their mask or anything else. Look, it's, it's not for us, it's for them. You're here for these kids. And, you know, it. all we're doing is asking you to, whatever your views, whatever your beliefs may be, while you're here, we're just trying to make sure that these kids have tomorrow. And uh, I think our coaches have bought into that a lot. I think our parents have really bought into it. And I think that's what the success of this and us continuing to be able to play our sports and not lose anything um, and not lose a season is, is come from. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, let's lighten things up a little bit. Um, I always ask the ADs, you know, what's your favorite part of the job? And almost to a person, you know, they say, oh, it's the kids. And of course it's the kids, you know, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't enjoy uh, you right. know, working with young people, but acknowledging that that is true. What are some other things that uh, get you excited about coming to work at Port Charlotte each day? Uh, yeah, obviously, yes, it is the kids. Um, it's getting to it's getting to work with these coaches too because they're the same mindset. You know, they're they have that same passion for their sport. And sometimes you gotta, as an athletic director, it's hard because you gotta you you want to give them a hundred percent, but I, you have to, you have to also explain to them that, you know, every sport is just as in sport is important as your sport. And uh, that, that was different coming from the coaching standpoint here, here in Charlotte County, the athletic directors paint all the fields. Um, believe it or not, that's when I know I got to come and paint a field and I can come and pair of shorts and tennis shoes. And I know I'm going to be out of the office for a couple hours um, and not have to hear the phones ringing and, all that other kind of stuff. Those are days that I look forward to too. It's nice to go out there unless it's a hundred degrees outside or anything, but like right now it's beautiful and get to go out and paint the soccer field for a game tonight. And, you know, so, so those things, um, the other thing that I, that I enjoy is going to the events and, and seeing all the people show up 
and feel like that you're a part of that, that you're providing something for these people and for these young kids um, to come and do that they truly have passion with. I try to, I try to get that through to our, our, our staff a lot. And, you know, the, I'll, I'll get a staff member call and say, uh, I just want to let you know your, your football players are late to class or they're not doing this or they're not doing that. And like I've, I've challenged our teachers. I said, you know, you have a passion for being in education and teaching. These kids, some of these kids are here because they have a passion for sports and they know they get to play it. I said, you know, you want them to do all these things. If you ever went out and said, like went to football practice in, in August and looked at this kid who's out there in 45 pounds of gear in 98 degree weather, given it a hundred percent and you watched him and then you came back the next day and said, Hey, you know what? I was out of practice. I mean, you worked your tail off out there. That was amazing. How would that kid ever be late to your class again? Because you're showing that respect. So that to me is awesome to be able to portray that to these people because a lot of them don't know. And we all, you know, we all have our own things that we got to worry about, but trying to just let everybody else know that, you know, every kid's here for a different reason. And, and some of the times athletics is the reason that they get to go on to college, that they, you know, they become these business people in the world and, and become doctors and lawyers and stuff. It's because of the discipline that they got from, from playing the sports. So that to me is the passion that brings me here every day is to try to bring more awareness for these kids and give them a better opportunity that maybe we had in my day. Yeah. Oh, again, you're absolutely right. You know, we are educators, you know, we just, uh, mm -hmm. the, cl the our classroom is the field or the court. And uh, I'm sure you've seen some teachers over your time that have taken those moments to uh, build that relationship with a kid in their athletic world that has paid huge dividends back in the classroom. So uh, yeah, that's some of our jobs, uh, is uh, fostering those relationships too. I'll tell you, you had me, uh, I had a flashback there when you talked about Stripe in the field. You know, my first <laughs> my first head football job a hundred years ago, um, small town, uh, not only did I mow the fields with the tractor and paint the fields with the chalker, I also moved the uh, irrigation pipes uh, out there. So, uh, wow. <laughs> my, I, I, I did that when I first started. Yes. Yeah, my hat's off to you. Well, Bob, this has been great. Uh, it's been uh, great getting to chat with you this past year a couple times and great uh, hearing your story, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Okay. Uh, right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items? are going to go in Bob Ruglio's athletic director toolbox. Whew. Um, I would say organization is one. Try to become as most, most organized as you can. Um, and two, if, if you're lucky enough to have an athletic secretary, utilize them because we're coaches, we're athletes, we're used to doing everything. And you can get so overwhelmed 
And if you've got that other person that can support you and help you do some of this paperwork and make these phone calls and update things for you, it takes so much off your plate and allows you to do what you're the best at. You know, not a, not all athletic directors are great sitting behind a desk doing paperwork. So we're more out in the field wanting to do things. And so it's great to have that person. Um, and I would say the third thing is stay informed and really get to know your coaches and your your student athletes. Get out there and make sure that they see you and show your support for them and try to help them in any possible way you can because without them, you don't have the dust to sit in. So, um, you know, to me, those are those are three important things here that have worked for me and have and have in 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 my world, I feel like become a made me a, a better person and an athletic director. So oh absolutely. Wise words indeed. Uh thanks so much for sharing that and and thanks for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Well, to our listeners, um, remember the Zoom videos of these recordings are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational Athletic Director YouTube channel. And uh, we do post a new interview on Twitter uh, three times a week. So uh, until next time, thanks for tuning in. Come back again for another episode of the Educational AD.